Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Pensacola Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Good morning, everybody. This is Colleen Edwards-Chesley, and we are Pensacola Business Radio presenting Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast Women in Leadership show. This is not our first show. This is not our second show, but I believe we are on show number six at this point. So welcome today. We have an unbelievable guest in our audience today. I will introduce her in just a minute. But before I do that, I wanted to tell you a little bit more about our organization. Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast is my baby. I am the founding director, and we started it back in 2004 as an arena for women to come together and grow. Our mission is to promote, advance, and improve women in business. We do that in a number of different ways. One way we do that is monthly networking meetings here in Pensacola. We also added Gulf Breeze meetings in 2009. So we meet twice a month. On For Pensacola, it's the first Friday of the month, and we do meet at the Gulf Coast Kids House, which is a wonderful local organization and charity here that helps take care of children that have either been physically, sexually, or emotionally abused. So we help give them a little bit more attention, bring some business people to their location that might not be familiar with them, and help just spread the word about the valuable work that the Gulf Coast Kids House does. The monthly meetings at Pensacola, we average about 50 women every single month. Our next meeting is next Friday, which is November 4th, and we look forward to a large crowd since we just finished our annual conference. The monthly meetings are always free to attend. We do have them catered, so our lunch sponsor is the Ore House, and they provide a wonderful, delicious meal every single month. We also have a couple other sponsors I want to mention. Sam's Club of Pensacola is our bottled water sponsor. We also have the UPS store at Blue Angel Parkway is our printing sponsor. And Storage King on Highway 98 and Fairfield is our storage sponsor. It's amazing when you put together an organization how much stuff you accumulate. And the need for a storage space was something we found evident last year. In addition to the monthly networking meetings, we also do a quarterly print magazine. And my guest today was actually our on the last cover of our last edition. So we will be talking with her in just a minute. And then the third thing that we do is an annual conference. We just had our conference. It was on October 21st. It was right here in Pensacola, and it was attended by a number of business women who all learned from some valuable speakers, got some great networking time, had some fun in the expo uh, experience hall area, and just really got a chance to build relationships with other successful women and deepen the relationships with the women that they already had networked with. And on that note, I want to introduce today's guest, and she is the marketing manager for Penn Air Federal Credit Union. Her name is Pam Hatt, and Penn Air was actually our stage sponsor for the conference. Good morning, Colleen. Good morning, Pam. We missed you. I know you weren't able to attend the conference, but I know you had several of the Penn Air um, corporate or or employees at our conference. I hope they really enjoyed themselves. They did. They did. They they said they had a great time. Wonderful. Wonderful. Today, Pam is going to talk a lot about women in leadership. I've had the opportunity to speak with Pam on a number of occasions, and we've talked a lot about leadership and women and and kind of her experience. But I wanted to introduce her and let the audience know what her background kind of really is about and and kind of where she came from. She grew up in California. If you've never met Pam, she is six foot tall. 
and she went to college for sports PR. She was one of those that wanted to work for a sports equipment company. She really wanted to secure professional athlete endorsements. And I think Spalding was the one you had your eye on back yeah, then. But you're kind of dating my age, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> she did play basketball in college and she took a marketing class in college and actually fell in love with marketing. Mm-hmm. So it kind of turned her attention a little bit from sports. Um, when she was in college, though, she decided to go a little bit of a different direction. She enlisted in the Navy and she she's Pam's a very practical person. She chose a profession for the Navy that she knew she could use afterwards. And you actually were an electrician in the yeah, Navy. Yeah, I was. I could um, turn the power off of the ship and you could have water, but it wouldn't be hot. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, that's really impressive. I don't know any any women that have taken an interest in electric- electrical work. But I think today, and I know I know you personally, Pam, that you do a lot of, of projects at your home. I bet mm-hmm. those skills come in handy, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they do. They really do. My yeah. husband appreciates it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, she did uh, marry her husband. She met him when she was in the Navy. He happened to be a Marine, and they did some moves together. She did get pregnant, and when she was pregnant with her daughter, they decided they couldn't do spousal duty with both being in the military. So she decided to get out of the Navy. But when her daughter was 11 months old, you got the itch to go back to work. I did. She was so independent and so smart, and she still is. She's my pride and joy. She's 28 now, but um, she really was a little individual. And so I thought, okay, she doesn't necessarily need me all the time. She was... um, so independent. And I thought, gosh, I can't just sit here. So um, there's so much more to do nowadays for stay-at-home moms back, you know, almost Mm -hmm. 30 years ago. It it was totally different with social media and networking, even for stay-at-home moms who I think are probably one of the most hardest working women that that I know. But um, uh, it's totally different in today's environment. So I decided to go back to work. Yeah, absolutely. And when it came to an occupation, again, being practical, you looked for something that you could do no matter where you were going to be stationed, your mm-hmm. husband going to be stationed. Because in the military, you move around a lot. A lot. And it's difficult to build. If you're going to work as a as a career woman, it's hard to build a, a an, you know any type of, of strength within an organization if you're constantly on the move. Yeah. Every two to three years, we were up and, and going on to our next adventure. So mm-hmm. you didn't necessarily have to reinvent yourself each time, but you had to prove yourself every time. Sure. Make it, it got tiring. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, one of the occupations that's something, it didn't occur to me to think about it this way, but what we're, what's something that exists in every single duty station? Well, it's going to be a bank. Mm-hmm. So, you yeah. decided at that point to go into banking. Yep. Yeah. It made the most sense. And um, I thought, well, wherever we go, there's going to be a need for, you know, financial services. So, why not choose that, that um, career path? So, I did. Absolutely. And you've been in banking now for 23 27 years? years. 27 years. Yeah. Wow. You have wow. to think how old my daughter is and then subtract from that. It's the one thing <laughs> I can do without a calculator. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a long time to be in a career. But you, when I talk to you, you're somebody that doesn't seem like you're tired of it. No, I, I get so much pleasure and satisfaction um, in my job. I actually work for a credit union, which is a little bit different than a bank. And I work for a credit union that has such a great mission and vision and value system that I, you know, it 
we really do care about our community. We really do give back. And so it's so satisfying. So I kind of get a twofer out of my job, you know, so I really appreciate that and value that. Absolutely. And you are with Penair Federal Credit Union. You are their marketing manager and you've been there now for four years. Yeah, I'm actually the director of marketing. Director of marketing. Um, But I was originally hired as the marketing manager and got a little promotion. So, um, yeah, um, April 30th was four years. So I'm actually, uh, you know, closer to the other side now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, tell me, I was really struck when you and I sat down and did the interview for the magazine. And again, if you haven't had a chance to meet Pam, a great way to get some information about her to kind of kind of get some little bit more in depth to her personality and, and her thoughts is to take a look at our magazine. We do have an online version. So you can go to PowerfulWomenGulfCoast.com, click on the link that says the magazine, and it's actually our latest edition. It was our fourth edition. Pam is on the cover. And then if you open up the magazine, you can actually read her article inside the magazine. It's full of great tips, some of which we'll talk about today, but I think we're going to go much more into depth about a lot of the stuff that I wasn't able to put in the written article. But one of the stories that really struck me, and and you could really feel the passion from it, is when you made the decision to leave when you were working for a, I believe it was a savings and loan or somebody else, and you decided to to switch to the credit union. And that was because of your experience with Leadership Pensacola. Mm-hmm. So tell me about that and kind of the paradigm shift that, that you made at that point. Um, yeah, we moved here in 1996. My husband got orders here and you know, that was like, I'm really dating myself now, pre-internet and all that good stuff. So you snail mailed your resumes out. So I sent out 40 resumes to every institution in town. And a couple of days later, um, one of the local regional banks um, um, called me in for an interview and I, I got hired and worked for them for 16 years. And um, the decision to leave, I wasn't even looking. Someone had approached me and because my husband moved every two to three years and we once we got stationed here, we kind of stayed here. Mm-hmm. I never, it never occurred to me to like look for another job because the trigger was always like, I've got, I'm getting orders. It's time to move. Right. I've got to change my mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. And I'm a very loyal person and I was happy where I was at. And I worked with, with some of the most wonderful people I know, and they're still my friends. And I owe a lot to a lot of people at that bank because they helped me become who I am today. Um, so it was almost like an affair almost because I thought, oh, how can I leave these people that I, cause I am a connector. I love connecting with people and that's mm-hmm. what, you know, I think is really important. That's the difference between a paycheck and a job and a Absolutely. career. And, um, but I thought, okay, what is it that I really want to do? And so I was in the middle of leadership, uh, Pensacola, uh, class of 2012 in our, our, um, is that the best class? It is the best class ever, but so does everybody says that. But our 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 um, tagline was leading change. <laughs> I think everybody in there got a new job, <laughs> the whole 50 of us. That's very appropriate. Um, yeah. And it was so funny, but I had, after going through that experience and learning about our local community, and at this point, we obviously had made the decision to retire and stay here and, mm-hmm. and um, make roots here. I had learned so much about our wonderful community and I thought, okay, what is it that Pam Hat really wants to do? Because Pam Hat always did what Daryl Hat, you sure. know, did and mm-hmm. followed in his footsteps to support his career. And I thought, I really want, I really have enjoyed this experience of giving back to our community and learning about our community. But how can I take, you know, my gifts and my um, career experience and find a job that, you know, 
kind of meshes the two and then my passion and love for the military. Mm -hmm. And when Pen Air approached me, I was like, I couldn't even have dreamed this up. Like I get to learn. I don't have to report to corporate marketing. You mean I am corporate marketing? Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. All right. That's scary, but exciting at the same time because a lot of responsibility comes with that. And at the same time, though, I could give back directly. When we say we're local, we're local. Mm-hmm. And when we give back, we give back locally. And to know that we're working hard to change lives and help dreams come true and um, ha- be with people every step of the way, that, you know, that really is gratifying. And, you know, you can lay your head down at night and have a good night's sleep knowing you're doing good things in Absolutely. your community. Absolutely. And I think another one of the the points that happened at that same time was the project that you were working on for Leadership Pensacola. Yeah, that was an amazing project. I, you know, I had never really networked before I entered Leadership Pensacola and which is so funny because it's kind of a requirement of the job, but um, and, I just And I would never have thought that. Yeah, I just never had networked. I had never really gotten outside of networking outside of my company that I was working for. And it just opened my eyes to what the opportunities were out there and, and connecting with people. And um, I was very passionate about wanting to join Leadership Pensacola. Like it was just like this off the wall thing. And so I feel like it really was a divine uh, appointment for me to, to be a part of that. And then, um, you know, anyone that's been through the process, you submit what you think is um, an idea to... Um, implement, raise funds, and execute through the whole process a project for your community. And I was very adamant about the USO. And I had never volunteered for the USO, but I had been a recipient of the USO and the benefits they provide while I was in the military. Mm -hmm. And our airport had just gone through this five-year renovation and everything there got renovated but the USO. And then we toured the facilities on the base and knew that they desperately needed help. And so um, we, as a group, as a as a, a bunch of fifty individuals, came together and selected that um, project, and we implemented. We raised over two hundred and twenty one thousand dollars to wow. not only renovate the USO at the um, Pensacola Airport, but also on the base at NAS Pensacola, and got them a bunch of other other things too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was mm-hmm. a wonderful experience and. We're all a very tight class and still keep uh, in connect. Some of my my best networking partners I I got from that, and some of my good friends are from that class and that experience. You know, it's really interesting when you go through something that's so a little bit. Well, it's about education about our community, but it's also about education about yourself. Mm-hmm. It's amazing, especially when you do have some of those big shifts. And like you said, it was the the um, leading change mm-hmm. was the was your tagline for that class. When you go through change, I think it connects people. Yeah. yeah. I really do. Yeah. There's nothing like um, something that brings people together, you know, and you know what the crazy part about that, though, Colleen, is I think it's in the DNA of our community. Mm-hmm. You know, when we decided as a company to change our logo, we needed something in our brand. Um, we needed something that was reflective of our community and through all the research that we did there, too. It really brought our our teams together in both of these scenarios because you start looking in and realizing that in this community, there is something woven in the DNA. And I, I personally truly believe it's because the military has been in our market for so long that 
part of that DNA has just kind of woven into our fiber. But this community knows how to come together for a cause. Mm -hmm. And I've never seen anything like it anywhere else. You know, people may not be getting along or arguing about politics or whatever is going on, but you put a cause and you that is worthy and people will come together and it doesn't matter what their differences are, they will come together for that situation. It's true. We are a small town, but we are very connected in that mm-hmm. way. I think about Impact 100. Yeah. Impact 100's got the largest Impact 100 out of the entire, well, now they say the world because they do have world chapters. But for our little small town to have more members yeah. than these huge cities, mm-hmm. that really speaks volumes. It says not only are we charitable, but we're charitable about connected efforts. Yeah. It's not just individual people being charitable about, you know, many different things, but it's about people coming together and being charitable about the same thing. Yeah. And doing good things for the right reason, not for selfish gain. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, that's what's, I mean, for me, that's, if I choose to do something, I have to be all in. It's not, you know, Mm -hmm. even if, if my employer requires that of me, I still have to be passionate about it Mm -hmm. or because I, and I have to know that I can give it your, my all, or I'm not going to give you anything. Right. Cause it's just not, you're not going to get the best of me and that's not beneficial to you. And that's not beneficial to me. Right. You strike me as a person type of person that's an open book and no poker face. Yeah. Is that right? I do. I, you know, now, you know, when it comes to politics, I can play the game, Can you? but I truly, (laughs) I don't want to have to worry about who I am at home and a different person in front of my employees or in front of my supervisor, I am who I am. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes the the thing that people praise you for is also sometimes the thing they will persecute you for. Mm-hmm. But it is who I am. And, and I believe that we all have something of value to contribute and we all look at things differently. And I think that's a good thing. Absolutely. And this, this actually transitions perfect into the next question I was going to ask you because it's about pen air mm-hmm. and it's about the morals and values that, that, them as a credit union have. Mm-hmm. And I know when I was interviewing you, it was interesting because you kind of said, well, I am the brand. Yeah. I live the brand every single day. So tell me about the brand of Pen Air and how it does relate so closely to your personal values and your morals. Yeah. Um, you know, we all have to work. I mean, well, maybe not everybody, but you know, it it's the reality of, of, of life. We have to work because we need to eat and we have to pay bills and things mm-hmm. like that. So my philosophy has always been, um, if you're going to, if you're going to work, do something that you're, you're good at and that makes you happy and that you feel valued. Mm-hmm. And, um, when we, when I went to Penair, they had such a good reputation in the community for doing good things. I thought, wow, this is awesome. And then you, you get in there and, and, um, we made the decision to really clarify who we were and we wanted to know who you were on behalf of what our employees thought, um, both behalf of what our leadership and our volunteer board want, thought. And we also wanted to know what our members thought. And we also even took it another step further and wanted to know what our community thought um, because that was important because we wanted to make sure perception was reality. So when we, um, at that time, if you were an employee, everybody had an opportunity to have input into who our brand was. And so we have a mission statement, and that mission statement is enhancing lives through exceptional service, strength, and financial solutions. And then we have uh, four core values and a brand promise. And our brand promise is we promise to respect and value the trust you place in us. Um, You know, people have choices. And and, you know, you may not always agree with someone's choice, but you can respect that. But 
the fact that they walked in the door means that they trust us to some level. And um, we need to understand, we need to respect that, we need to value that. And um, we need to make sure that we have their back. So our core values are serve first, um, which means that um, it's all about service. It's all about the member Mm -hmm. and making sure that they understand that we value them. And then our second core value is um, a pro knows. And that's kind of a play on words because it's professional knowledge and a professional knows um, how to be a professional. And professional knowledge doesn't mean you're a know-it-all, but it means that you're willing to um, find the answer and um, do what you need to. And sometimes saying, I don't know, is being professional. Sure. But I don't know, but I can find out for you, mm-hmm. and, you know, is even better. And then our third one is a solution seeker. And it's kind of one of my favorites. I Well, they're all kind of my favorites. But <clears throat> solution seeker is, um, once again, being professional, but um, finding a solution. and um, Sometimes that solution is going to be having to think differently. And um, sometimes it's what I like to say is sometimes you have to go over a mountain. Sometimes you have to go around the mountain. Sometimes you have to go under a mountain. And quite frankly, sometimes you got to go through the mountain. Absolutely. And you just posted that on Facebook. I did. I thought that was so I awesome. did. Yeah. I, I just have, am hearing some frustration from friends of mine. And I'm like, you know, they need some encouragement. I'm going to find something like this posted out there on Facebook. There you go. So, That's awesome. Yeah. And so, and then our last one is communerosity. And I, I jokingly say it's when community and generosity had a baby and they named it communerosity, but it really is who Penair is. And um, we love our community. We believe in our community and it's a lifestyle for um, our employees. And so when we hire, you know, we, um, communerosity is, is kind of multifaceted it's not just stroking a check, but it's giving of your time and your talent. And we allow our employees five hours a month to go volunteer um, for things that they're passionate about. And they get paid for that. And um, uh, I was just looking at a report the other day and I was like, wow, this is so great. We are just out there making a difference. And it's not all the same things. And it's not things that necessarily Penair says, I want you to do this. It's what are you passionate about? This is your community too. So how how together. many of your employees take advantage of that? Um, I don't, I was looking at the total hours. I didn't look at the total number of the employees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody does. Sure. Um, you know, it's a, it's a balancing act because, you know, we got to get a job done and you have to mm-hmm. pre-approve it with your supervisor. But, mm-hmm. um, uh, but, you know, we have 330 employees. So if all of them literally were to do 24 hours a year, we could say Pen Air is everywhere, 365 days a year. Seven days a week, 24 hours a day. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. So. The community support is really important. You and I were talking before we started at how small this community is. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 that really is valuable, you know, to, to unite people and, and from an employer perspective to encourage your employees to do that. Mm-hmm. And like you said, not to not to as the employer, not to say you are going to volunteer in these specific areas, but let it be up to them. And, and that's just, I think that's really amazing. I would love to see how powerful women can get into that pool of potential volunteer hours. Yeah. Um, We would love some support and, and that might help expose some people to our organizations. Yeah. We'll have to talk offline about that. Yeah, we can. Colleen, you know, we, when when we hire people, um, we have a a specific process because not only did we rebrand 
you know, the face of Panair and all that stuff. And we wanted to make sure that um, it wasn't just change for the sake of change. It was change for the sake of not changing something you love, but ensuring the future of something that you love and value. But it was very representative of our community and all that research that we did. And we wanted it to be um, something that was warm and approachable and inviting and collaborative and showed the diversity of our community. But when we hire people, um, we literally, people come to us and why Penair? We ask them that question. And we have many employees say, because of your involvement in the community and that you value that and you allow your employees to volunteer. Mm-hmm. And we have an onboarding process. And even though you're hired, you are taught about the values and, and, and the mission and vision. And you go through this process and you still have an opportunity to say, yes or no, this is or isn't for me. And so do we. We think you're the right person, but we want to make sure you're the right person. And we have a commitment that you signed that says you will fulfill all of these things. So it's something we talk about daily and and we we take everything that we just talked about, um, mission, vision, promise, and we incorporate that in our advertising and in our communication. And, and um, you see it on our website and everything that we do, social media, all that stuff. It's very much part of who we are. And the crazy part, like you had initially said, is you sit back and you're like, wait a minute. Well, this is so easy to embrace because this is, quite frankly, how we should be morally, you know, wired. Mm-hmm. But this is who we are. This is who I am as an individual. And it just worked out that way. And that's why I knew I was where I was supposed to be. And that, you know, when when God told me that to, to make the change, you know, and it was a struggle. But, you know, hindsight now, looking back. You know, there's nothing more pleasurable than to work for a company that you are morally aligned with. There is a lot of peace in that. Mm -hmm. So there really is. There really is. And I can see, I mean, your passion just comes through, you know, that that you're in such a connected place. And you talked about the community aspect. And and that is, you know, definitely, I think, sets you apart from the majority of your competitors, probably in that arena. And you also talked about that you value your employees. Mm -hmm. But the third area that you value is your your members. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't realize how a credit union is different from a bank. So take a minute and talk about how how you look at your customers, not necessarily as customers, but as members. Yeah. So banks have stockholders, so they need to make profit so that they can pay for that stock. Where credit unions have shareholders, credit unions started... um, 1934, 35. We mm-hmm. st- we started in 1936. It was April 29th, 1936, and the whole overall credit union movement um, mantra is people helping people, and it really was um, a niche of people that pooled their money together to help other people. And it was during the depression, and mm-hmm. that kind of has continued. And I have never seen networking like I've seen credit union networking. People openly share. You here, you are with a bunch of competitors, theoretically mm-hmm. in the credit union genre. But people openly share, encourage, coach, um, help brainstorm with you, mm-hmm. and that's the difference. Because we all know we're people helping people, and um, so as a credit union member, you become a shareholder. And when you open your account, you have a share in the company and you have voting rights on the volunteer board of trustees. So we have a board, but they volunteer. They aren't paid. They don't get benefits. They volunteer because they believe in the movement and the mission and the vision of the credit union. And that's the difference maker there. Yeah. 
Do you also pay dividends? Um, we do pay dividends on our deposits and we call them shares. Mm-hmm. And um, the other thing too is that, um, oh gosh, I lost my train of thought. It was a good one too. <laughs> It'll come back. It'll come back. But well, it, yeah, it would remind me when I was in the insurance industry, I, I, at a certain point in my career, I decided to only work for mutual insurance companies. Mm-hmm. And it's the exact same concept. Yeah. It's about, it's about when I was in the insurance industry, it was all policy owners were also, you know, owners of the business. Yeah. And it makes a difference because when you align morally, when you align your customers or your members, however you call them with the people that are the employees and then the ones that are making the decisions, then every decision you make is going to be in the best interest of all those different people. There's not a third set like a stockholder that you have to then please, which sometimes means, you know, maybe your annual report's written a certain way to, you know, to, to skew the results a little bit differently. You know, everything is disclosed, everything's transparent and everything's done for ultimately the employee's benefit and for the, the customer's benefit. Yeah. I can tell you, um, and this was my original thought. As a leadership team, when we sit down and we make decisions, there is a process that we go through. We have an amazing CEO. He's probably one of the most humble leaders that I know. And he's very transparent, which really is a difference maker also. Mm-hmm. But when we make decisions, this is the first, this is our thought process. Okay. If we want to change a product or um, add or delete something. All right. The first question is, how is this going to affect our members? The second question we ask is, how is this going to impact employees? And then the third question is, how is this going to impact our community? Hands down, every time, I've never seen it any differently. There is never a question or a doubt. We are all on the same page and we all ask those same questions. And the great thing is we listen to what our members have to say, um, social media, tweets and Facebook posts and all that stuff. All that stuff comes to me. So I Mm -hmm. monitor and manage and see if there's any trends or anything like that. And um, then I run down and, find, you know, seek the answer so that we can communicate that. But, um, you know, if members are wanting, say, like Apple Pay, we would start hearing noise about that. And they're like, when are you going to get this? So we, we were like, we're hearing this and this is what we're hearing. And so we need to get Apple Pay. So we got Apple Pay. Wow. And um, we were we heard a lot of frustration with our online banking and our vendor changed. So we had to incorporate a new online banking program, which happened to come with a new mobile app and a new website. And we have just gotten such positive results because one of our fellow credit unions in another part of the state earlier this year, they did a conversion on online banking. It was a nightmare. Mm. So we planned for a hurricane and it was literally a drizzle. It yeah. went so smoothly. And that was such, it doesn't take a village. It takes a team. Sure. Um, to make that happen. And all of our employees were a part of that and they all should get credit for that. And they do get credit for that because everybody had an important part to play with that. Whether you got someone's mail to them on time or whether you were the decision maker and the leader of that actual project, everybody had a part to play in that. Yeah, that's amazing. And I remember when, when we first talked, you talked a lot about the a lot of the things you learned when you were in competitive sports Mm -hmm. and it was a lot about competition. It was a lot about process and it was a lot about results, Mm -hmm. but you mentioned that the credit union world isn't really like that. And the three areas you just went through, you know, does it, you know, how does it impact our members? How does it impact our employees and how does it impact the community? None of those are, does it give us results? Does it drive profits? Um, And that's such a different 
discussion in such a different place. I mean, obviously you, you want to make profits. I wouldn't think yeah. that you're ignoring the profit side, but to put those other three things ahead of how much money is it actually going to make us, you know, that really speaks volumes about the morals and values of that, of yeah. your business. Well, you know, the credit union does make profit, but because we are a credit union, we return it back to the membership and the community. Mm -hmm. So when you hear, you know, why are you spending all this money on technology? Well, that's a benefit to you because we're upgrading and giving you the products and services you need um, and have quite frankly requested. It, it is returned back into no little or no fees. It's higher um, interest rates on deposits and lower interest rates on loans. And, you know, right now, yes, deposits uh, rates are low, but the Fed sets that bar. So Mm -hmm. we're just piggybacking off of that. But we also, it also allows us to give back to our community. And, and we've been extremely involved in doing that um, lately. And with the announcement of UWF, that was a marketing expense, actually. That was pre-existing marketing dollars. And I'm, you know, sat with our CEO and made the decision, you know, yes, this is a great thing for our community. When you have a vibrant, strong educational system, your community benefits from that. But Mm -hmm. it takes community partners to ensure the strength of that and partner with them. And that's commuterosity, partnering and aligning and working together for the mutual benefit of our community. And so it it was a no-brainer for me to reallocate existing marketing budgeted dollars Mm -hmm. to that because it's just a different form of advertising. But it's also to help support the growth initiatives Mm -hmm. of the college. And when you have a football program, that's a game changer. Mm-hmm. But then to also help organizations like the YMCA. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, their mission is to be finance or is to be physically and mentally healthy. Well, we just brought in another aspect of financial health and strength. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's a good thing. And everybody wins in those situations. And Absolutely. so, We've got some other announcements that we're going to be making here pretty soon. And we're really excited about those, too, because it's all about the mutual benefit of our community. Sure. Absolutely. So. And I know initially when I went through your bio, I talked about that you had an, an affinity early in life for sports endorsement yes. deals. And I would bet this um, the million dollars that you guys are, are pledging or giving to UWF is is a form of an endorsement deal. Yeah. But coming from a marketing side. It just looks differently. You know, mm-hmm. I originally had would fantasize about talking to Magic Johnson about endorsing a, a Spalding basketball. Well, you know, it's just a little different. It's mm-hmm. now, you know, the company I work for and represent is in Spalding. It's Penair Federal Credit Union. Mm-hmm. And the endorsement is UWF. It's not Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. And it's not a football that's being endorsed, but it's this naming of a stadium. Mm-hmm. And it's all, it really is apples to oranges. It's all mm-hmm. in the same family. It's still a fruit. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I feel really good about this. And that, that aspect comes with wisdom and knowledge. And as you grow older, knowing that you're doing something that's giving back and benefiting your community and it's not for personal attention or gain. Absolutely. And I'm excited. I don't know. Are you going to be at the game tomorrow? Um, I go to every game. Do you? We're... I didn't go to UWF, but I birthed a child that graduated <laughs> from there and got a double major and a master's from there. So I am proud. That's Go awesome. Argos. Yes. And tomorrow is going to be my husband and I's first game. Oh, it's so, so fun. So we're excited. Yeah. yeah. It's great. I mean, it's gonna be awesome. to sit out there, you know, we're temporarily at Wahoo Stadium. 
Um, but the weather has been amazing lately. And, yeah, tomorrow oh, will be gorgeous. It's going to be gorgeous. It's fabulous. Mm-hmm. It's such a, you know, they sell out every time and everybody tailgates. It's like big time. We, we're big time, Colleen. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. And I'm a UWF graduate. So, but I went back when they were the, Arg- uh, I don't even think they were the Argonauts. They were the Nautilus way back then. Oh, it was wow, literally yeah. a seashell. I graduated in 97 and it was not, you know, I didn't have the sweatshirt with the big seashell on it because yeah. it was, you know, hey, I, I, this is the college. But now I'm, you know, it's, I am still proud of of my education from yeah. there and my degree was in finance. And so, you know, to have, to to be with you and to have an, a company that's supporting that growth. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, you know, it's not just you're giving this money to help support the football program. Like you said, the football program then supports the whole university. Right. And the more the university is 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 enhanced, then we'll have more students coming here. They'll right. have more tools, and it just really impacts the entire community. I mean, oh yeah, these are, a lot of them are our children. These are yeah. a lot of my friends' kids are making yeah. decisions to go to UWF, and and that's you know our we are only as strong as our next generation. That's right, and they've had their largest enrollment this year. They had over thirteen thousand students enroll. Um, you know, they, uh, I was at the campus, uh, earlier this week for something else. I can't even remember now. It's all a blur, but, um, <laughs> Panera is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, I was just driving on there and I thought, oh, oh yeah, we had a financial boot camp with the College of Business because we do more than just the football. We awesome. provide scholarships and mm-hmm. we're very involved in financial literacy on the campus and we support the athletic program. And, you know, there, so it's a, lo- it was just the next step in a long, you know, history of a relationship. But, I do want to make a recommendation for anybody that's listening and that's out there. If you come out to the game, come early tailgate and watch the Argo walk and you see the football players and the cheerleaders come up and Argy out there coming up, walking up into um, the stadium. It is so cool and it is so fun. So come out there. You'll probably see a ton of people, you know. What time do you start? I mean, the game starts at noon. So, yeah. like, is tailgating like at seven thirty in the morning? Like, no, some of these well, other- <laughs> people probably there's probably people that go out there, but I would say from ten to twelve is a good time period. You okay. could probably go a little bit earlier, but people are out there. Um, we usually are have been we've been partnering with um, Egg Fest and okay. having the Green Egg uh, cooks come out and cook for our tailgating. We oh, we aren't nice. having them this week uh-huh. um, because they had prior commitments. But last week we had them out there. They were making sausage biscuits and grilling Krispy Kreme donuts and Wonderful. cinnamon rolls and yeah. and just you know come out and say hi and oh we just ha- we have we've been having a good time. Yeah. Well, and like we talked about, this community is very tight knit. Yeah. You know, it is a small community. So, so to come together and celebrate and, and not necessarily, you know, in a, in a, um, you know, in a social way, but also in a business building way and mm-hmm. in a supportive of the community way. Mm-hmm. I think that's just outstanding. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. It, ta- it takes, a, it takes a team to support the team and there's nothing like a supportive team for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about some of the challenges that you faced over your years. I talked at the beginning about you've been in banking now 27 years Mm -hmm. and how many different bosses have you had? 20. Um, I think it was, uh, I've had 20, I think it's 26. Yeah. I think 26 was what I wrote down. And with, with that many different bosses, obviously, you know, you're working with a different person every every, you know, and, and I think you said one of them was actually for four years. Um, yeah. I, well, I had one boss for six years, six years when I was at the bank and um, she was amazing. And then I now have, a, um, you know, even at, within Panera, we've had change and I've been there four years. I'm on my fourth boss just from realigning and trying to figure out and settle and see what makes sense and what fits. And it wasn't necessarily bad things or that anybody left. 
It was just, you know, you know, where does marketing fit? And I think we finally have found that. And we actually brought in a new um, SVP of member experience. We call her the BBE best boss ever. Yeah. And um, <laughs> she was at our conference yes, kickoff. She yeah. was amazing. Yeah. I loved meeting her. Yeah. She has brought so much knowledge and experience and she loves to connect with people and she loves to empower her people and she likes to hold her people accountable. And, you know, just like you do with your children, you know, children need rules and guidance and accountability and, and, um, encouragement. And, um, you know, uh, she has, um, she, in she trusts people. She empowers people, like I said, and she holds people accountable and you can easily respect that in a, in a leader. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know one thing you shared with me when we interviewed you was that in order to to be around that many different bosses, obviously change is something you have to be really good at accepting, not mm-hmm. only for yourself, but also, you know, if there's a new boss every, you know, once in a while, then then their their way of leading changes. But then you also have to be adaptable. Yeah. So how has how have you reacted to that? What are some of the things that have gone well or what are the things that maybe didn't go well with that much change and adaptability? You know, change for the right reason is always good. I mean, mm-hmm. if if change wasn't inevitable, we would all be wearing diapers, mm-hmm. you know? It's true. The butterfly would never be. It would always be a caterpillar. Or um, I'd still be in financial. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't be doing this. Exactly. And um, I don't think that, I don't, th- I personally look at life a little bit differently, I think, and I don't think any change is bad as long as you learn from it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's funny that you say adaptability because it's really not, it's really not change. It's, it's it's more about adapting to your environment, whether it stays the same or it changes because you still have to stretch, push and grow. Um, I mean, who always wants to be what they've always been? Sure. You know, mm-hmm. um, I know I don't. I mean, I, I am who I am, but I want to always be a better version of me mm-hmm. that I can possibly be. Mm-hmm. And that's where wisdom and age and all that gray hair comes in. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, working for all of those people, I learned from a lot of, I valued a lot of them in one way or another. And some of them were extremely difficult and provided zero value in my life, but I learned from that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, timing is everything and everything happens for a reason. And so I tend to look back on all of those experiences and it helps me make decisions hopefully for the better and sometimes not um, always for the better. But I do know like me personally as a leader, if I've screwed up, I own it mm-hmm. and I apologize and I tell my staff that um, and hopefully, you know, they appreciate that um, and that they were learning from me too. Mm-hmm. So um, there is no perfect boss out there, but I think that, you know, it is an, it is imperative as in, you grow in your career that you quickly learn how to adapt to change. And if you can't adapt to that change and you can't believe that in that change, then you need to find a place where you can, because you're not doing yourself any favors or your employer any favors by miserably clinging on, like move forward with your life. We all want to be happy. Even your employer wants you to be happy. If you're not happy there, Mm -hmm. like we, we haven't, uh, we've recently, um, started looking at opportunities. How do we celebrate failures? And I was like, what? There is no such thing as failing, you know? Right. Right. And, um, but then you start thinking about it and you're like, well, how, you know, that means that person's trying. 
we've empowered and trusted them. And how better, like if you look back on your life, when are your best learning moments? Probably when you didn't do so well. Absolutely true. Absolutely yeah. true. And so when let's I celebrate that, yeah. Yeah. When I started interviewing people for the magazine, like I've talked about, we've got four editions now. So I've interviewed a number of different people. I was I was counseled that I'm gonna get the best information out of the questions that I ask about struggle. Mm-hmm. And I changed the word from failure because I used to ask people about failures and right away they backed way up and they said, what do you mean? I'm a successful woman. I've never had a failure. And so I re when I reframed it and called it a struggle, then they said, yes, I've struggled in a number of different areas, but so many people are still so apprehensive of that word failure. I know that's why you need to celebrate it. Exactly. And I think that's great. I think you were the one, weren't you the one that told me that you've learned more from watching other people fail? Yeah. Then probably some of, you know, or, you know, equally from your own, you know, mistakes in life. If but, you were to ask my daughter, like, what was the one thing you got sick and tired of hearing your mom say? It was probably like, learn from your mistakes and learn mm-hmm. from the mistakes of others. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you will never make a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I do, you know, there's a lot of people out there that I watch that are afraid to do something because they're afraid. They're so afraid of that failure of that mistake. And I think in today's day and age, we don't have the luxury of time that we used to. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have time to really research something completely and to really, you know, trial and error and go talk to, you know, a whole bunch of other people about it. And, you know, and what if it and all that kind of stuff. You can what if it to death. You really can. My yeah. husband, uh, he's a big advocate. He said, we're not going to play the what if game. You know, he tells me that all the time because I'm a planner. And so for me, I think when I'm what ifing, I'm planning. Mm-hmm. But there's a point where you can... Yeah you know, you can, you know, you're just wasting time, yeah. you know, you can't, you can't what if for too long, mm-hmm. but watching what other people are doing and seeing what they're, what they're having difficulties with, you can equally learn from mm-hmm. in addition to your own yeah. you know, mistakes or struggles or failures. Yeah, I mean, it's not because you want to sit back and watch, you know, eat popcorn and watch them fail, mm-hmm. but that opportunity happened in front of you for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so I always look at things like, okay, if I'm going through a struggle, if I'm going through a hard time, I sit back and go, why is this happening? And what is the lesson I need to be learning? Mm -hmm. Like, that's how I look at things. I also look at things with when someone comes to me a problem, I look for the solution immediately. Mm -hmm. And some, and I'm learning as a leader that I can't always be the one to provide the solution. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've said this to family members before in dealing with their kids. And I've learned that, you know, um, yeah, obviously you treat, you know, your employees, not like your kids, but if you're a connector like me and you like to connect with people, you value them and you, you love them and you want them to be successful. Mm-hmm. So it kind of is like a, you know, parent relation, child relationship. But, but, um, I have learned that I am not being the best leader I can if I don't let them sink. So they know and believe in themselves that they can swim. Right. And that's kind of like parenting. We want to take care of our kids so much that we do overdue for them. What what ends up happening is me as a leader gets tired and stressed out and overworked. And and then it also it, um, it also conveys a message of you don't trust them, even though you do. That's what they're feeling mm-hmm. and you're not empowering them. Mm-hmm. And how do they grow? Right. So right. you let them fail. You celebrate because they tried. Mm-hmm. What did you learn from it? And let's move forward from yeah. that. So, And that gives them, I'm sure that gives them a lot more accountability. It gives them a lot more internal responsibility for it. And pride. Pride. Absolutely. Yeah. And and probably they won't, they won't fail twice. Right. You know, they will learn lessons. I know myself, one of the things that I struggle with as a leader is delegating. Yeah. And I think exactly what you just said is probably, it's something that I have tried to, um, 
tried to embrace a little bit more is instead of giving somebody, if I give somebody a task, I'm already telling them how to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm telling them what the end result is and I'm telling them exactly how to do it. And, and, and I'm a very controlling. So if they, if they don't do all the different steps, then, you know, I get frustrated. I'm like, well, that's why I don't delegate because now I have to take it back and I have to do it the right way. Yeah. And in reality, I'm trying to embrace more of what you just said, giving them the situation having them create the solution and then create the steps to how to get to that solution. Because they might have a better idea. They A lot of times they do. And my the, husband tells the me all the time. I do it may not be. My husband says, Pam, not every road leads to Walmart. Just because I didn't take the one you chose doesn't mean I don't get there. Like, okay. It's true. It's true. All right. I get it. You're absolutely right. But And, and that's helped me a lot with delegation. Because if I give them just the, the situation and have them create the solution and the steps there, then if they're doing it different, well, then they are going to do it different. And I don't yeah. and I don't have to micromanage and step in when they are doing it different. And you might learn something from that. Absolutely. A lot of times Especially I really Especially the do. young whippersnappers. <laughs> they, there's a lot of times they come back and they go, gosh, Colleen, you've been doing it the hard way. And I go, thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness I knew I was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How can, I, how can I be more efficient and work smarter and not harder? Yeah. Because this stuff changes. And, mm-hmm. and like you said, the whippersnappers, sometimes they do know, you know, gosh, you don't have to go through 10 steps to get to there. Did you realize you could jump right here? Right. You know, and that's important. Another big quote that I loved when, we, when I interviewed you was that you talked about perfection. At Pen Air, you don't you don't look for perfection. What do you look for? Perfect effort. I love that. Yeah, I love that. I've used that quote with a number of people. Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't expect perfection. No one's perfect. Mm-hmm. You're not. If you think you are, you got a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. And but you can give perfect effort, and that means you come, you're ready, you're present, you give it your all. Mm-hmm. You know you've done good, um, and. And you can feel good about, I gave it my all today. I gave my best foot forward. I, you know, I always say this a lot, um, you know, working for a smaller company, because before I worked for a large regional bank, we only have 330 employees. Well, it, it gets real because you know that what you say, what you do, and how you perform impacts 329 other people, but it also impacts their families. And it also impacts those 100,000 members you have. So you got to come ready and give us that perfect effort. We don't want perfection. We, quite frankly, uh, we've built risk to understand that you're going to fail and make mistakes. Sure. But we want you to give it perfect effort. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's amazing. I think you cannot fault somebody that gives perfect effort. Yeah. You know, that's what we all, I think we strive for in life. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's wonderful. All right. One more question because we have almost exhausted our time. Believe wow, it or that not, flew. I know. So the last question I want to ask is what advice would you give to a young woman in business or a young woman looking to get in business? What are some things that if you could go back 20 years in your banking career or in, in whatever career, what advice do you think is the most important for somebody young to embrace? Two things. Um, understand your passion. What is it that you're passionate about and try and mirror your career that aligns with something like that and always, always know whether you're at, at work, at a work event, or even on your own time, you, what you do, people will identify you with you, who you work for mm-hmm. and always know that you protect your brand, your personal brand. You know, my brand, I am the brand of Penair because I work for Penair. Mm-hmm. If we don't take care of our people, there is no brand. Mm-hmm. People are the brand. But you also have a personal brand. 
your reputation, how you treat people, um, what you say about people and how you speak of people. Um, you know, that is your personal brand and always know that people go back to that personal brand, but they also go back to who you work for, but be passionate about your purpose and try and align it with your career and protect your personal brand. I love that. And I love that both of those things are internal. Mm -hmm. Those are nothing, that's nothing to do with the outside. Yeah. You control that. Absolutely. You control both of those things. Absolutely. Well, mm-hmm. this has been wonderful, Pam. I am, I'm always blown away when I talk to you. You're, you're <laughs> a wealth of information, great tools, great tips that you've shared today. Thank you so much well, for being thank here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hopefully I added some value. Oh, absolutely. You did. You did add a tremendous value. And again, if you're listening, we've been talking with Pam Hatt. She is the Director of Marketing for Penn Air Federal Credit Union, a community-based Credit Union also values their employees tremendously in their community effort and values their members and making sure that they've got all the services that they need in the, in this financial world. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Thank you. And again, you've been listening to Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast, Women in Business Radio, and we have been talking with some great leadership information. If you want to check out our organization, as I talked in the beginning, we do monthly networking meetings for women. You can access that information on either our Facebook page, which is which is called Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast, or on our website, which is PowerfulWomenGulfCoast.com. We also do a quarterly print magazine that you can access online, or you can access it in a number of distribution locations. One of the distribution locations is Pensacola Business Radio downtown on Garden Street. So pop in there and grab a copy of our latest, latest edition of the magazine, our Our conference, which will be next year, is going to be on October 17th. We're going to be doing it on a Thursday next year, and that will also be at Sanders Beach, again, the same location that we held it before. And we look forward to having you get involved in our organization in whatever way that you find valuable for you. And if you want to reach out to us, you can always find us on either Facebook or on our website. Thank you so much for tuning in, and a big thank you to Pensacola Business Radio, and we look forward to our next episode. Have a great day, everybody. Mm